people can think all day about an idea and think it's a great idea, but go mm-hmm. do it. Right. Yeah. That's, and I mean, if there's one thing that anybody can get from even listening to this episode or anything, just go freaking just start something. Welcome to the How to Build an App podcast. We started this show to help app founders refine their idea, build insanely useful apps, scale it up, and change the world. This podcast is brought to us by you and your ideas. We fund this podcast from our full-service app development agency, Strides Development. When you're ready to build an amazing app, we can help you take it from idea to a finished app in a few months. Right now, we're offering a free strategy call to talk to you about your app and give some direction when it comes to building it. You can book your call at strides.dev. That's strides.dev. Welcome back to How to Build an App. I'm your host, Austin Betzer, and I'm here with our co-host, Bodri Price. This week, we're talking with Aaron Mitchell, founder of Freeplay. For those of you who don't know, Freeplay is an app that allows any group fitness instructor to connect with and coach their fitness communities live. It didn't actually start out that way, but I'm going to let Aaron tell you how it did start and how it became what it is today. Aaron started out in project management at a tech software company called Landesk, and then took those skills over to Domo, where he ran multiple product teams. Now he's working full-time on his app Freeplay while consulting huge companies like Twitter, Sony, and ADT on the side. In this episode, Aaron will give us some of his backstory of what led him to create Freeplay. He'll share with us some of the hard lessons that he learned along the way, and what he would do differently if he could go back. Aaron, who are you? Tell me a little bit about what free play is. Let's kind of talk about it so our, our listeners kind of know kind yeah. of what, uh, what we're getting into here. Yeah, so a uh, quick background on me. I grew up in on the Oregon coast, a little town of 10,000 people. Um, I loved playing sports growing up. That was the way that I made friends. It's like me and my teammates, we'd do everything together. And, you know, we'd practice, we'd play, and then we'd, uh, we'd play a lot more after practice. So um for me, that was the way that I got exercise was through sports. And then even going to college at BYU, I made my friends through intramural sports there. And so I, I think for me, I hit this, there was kind of a shock when I got into the workforce and all of a sudden I was in a cubicle all day. And like the way that I used to hang out with all my friends was for some reason, when you become an adult, um, like fitness becomes running on a treadmill and, you know, taking fitness classes and stuff that I didn't really understand or enjoy. And so I created free play really as a way to make it easy for friends to exercise together, but not just like exercise, like hack exercise where you're just playing, you're just doing something fun. Yeah. Play. And, uh, Mm -hmm. and it's exercise is just a byproduct of that that was the original intent of free play. I started it as a side hustle, um, in 2016. And then we did kind of our, I would say like our public launch, April 2017 and have been going at it ever since. So basically what the app started as, and we've evolved it quite a bit, but it started as a universal pass to all of like the coolest fitness, uh, f- facilities in the state of Utah. Um, so with one, with one pass, you could go to the trampoline park, you could go to the rock climbing gym, you could go to a rec center, and you could also go to like little boutique fitness studios as well. And we made it really easy for you to team up with friends and then go and exercise and schedule your exercise together. So that's, uh, 
Yeah, that's the quick and dirty version. Yeah. So, and it's kind of evolved to a point where, like, basically, the way I look at free play, it's like a gym membership to like every gym in Utah, in a way, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you you have guest passes that I literally can go. Uh, you know, there's there's a there's a gym down the street or a trampoline park, and I want to do that for exercise instead of going to my normal Vaso or my Anytime Fitness. I literally mm-hmm. can pull up my free play app. I'll show a code. They'll beep it at the gate, and then yep. I can go and experience that gym that day. Right. Yep, exactly. Yep. And you can coordinate doing that with all your friends as well. And I think it's a, a super, super cool concept. I, I had been on free play for a really long time and got to do a, a ton of small gyms and got to experience a ton of things that I normally wouldn't get to like kickboxing or rock climbing just because of it. And it's super funny because now I find these conversations too, as I get more into golf where I'm like, man, I need like a free play for golf so I can <laughs> have just like one pass, like go do all these yeah. different things. And so the concept of, you know, having one consolidating everything in one place is just super cool and, and super helpful. And you get to try out so many more things. So if you, if you haven't checked out free play, you definitely should, especially if you're in Utah, but to back up a little bit, Aaron, tell us a little bit about your background before free play. Like what, what were you doing in terms of, were you going to school were you working? Did you have any technical background at all? When I grew up in Oregon, my parents actually had a gym. Um, and because it was a small town, that was kind of the place where everyone hung out, you know? So like after school, if I didn't have practice, I just walk over to the gym and then I would, you know, shoot some hoops or, uh, go for a yeah, swim or whatever. You were a cool kid in your town because you had the gym. Is that what it <laughs> I is? had, I threw the dopest parties. I got, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it was, it was, it was, it was a blast. It's actually really weird for me to pay for like a gym membership today. Cause I'm like, it's, it's been, my, it's been free my whole life before, uh, you know, before I became an adult. So I what guess. I'm saying is Aaron, you didn't want to grow up as an adult. Really? That's, that's what <laughs> no, do, do, do any of us like, no. let's be honest. We just no, get fat nobody. and bald. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I know. And you just sit at a desk all day and do things that, you know, are totally inconsequential. So, um, no, I, I, that's, I, I'm still a kid at heart for sure. Yeah. So, so back to your background, I mean, did you, are you a developer? Did you get a background in, in yeah, any so, marketing sales? Yeah. I graduated in marketing at BYU and then, um, I took a job right out of college at a, at a company called Landesk. And, um, it's, it was as boring as it sounds as the name <laughs> sounds, but, um, it was basically like really high tech IT software. And I remember my, I remember my first day there, I was sitting in meetings with like a bunch of engineers who I, I never like talked to engineers in my life before. I didn't actually know that they existed. I thought they were just theoretical. <laughs> and so, um, so did they, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are you? You're not human. We don't want to talk to you. <laughs> So, um, I remember sitting in this meeting and I, I I kid you not, I understood maybe like 10% of what they were saying. Like they were using all these acronyms and all of these like terms that I had never for the life of me heard before. And I remember I went home that day to, to my wife and I was like, I can't do this job. Like I, I, this is like a foreign language to me. I don't know how I'm going to ever be successful here. So um, anyway, I stuck it out for a, f- a few months and I got into product management while I was there. And um, I started to really fall in love with this idea of like building products and 
taking feedback from customers and, and, and hearing their problems and then translating that into like a product solution. And so, um, I actually had the privilege while I was there to basically run a, this disruptive cloud, um, initiative that was under the direction of the CEO and uh, was a really fun project. Um, considering like the technology that we were using and working on, it was a really fun project. And then I took those skills over to Domo about two and a half years later. Um, and I ran a product team, a couple product teams at Domo um, for a couple years as well. And so I think like product management is, is my background. And uh, even, even still today, I, I do a lot of consulting on new product uh, development and new product management for like bigger companies like Twitter, Sony, ADT. Um, Bain, mm-hmm. like really big companies that are building these disruptive products. And um, that's that's really what my passion is, is building businesses, building products. That's super cool. I didn't realize how involved you were, um, I would say, in the project management piece, just because I would say a lot of people listening to this don't typically have that exposure. A lot of people who, who listen to this are completely new with just marketing and just sales. Mm-hmm. And to go in and build a team of engineers to come out with a new product is no easy task. Just like you no. said, originally, you, when you walked into a room of engineers initially, it was like, holy crap, Like, what is going on? And then through the experience, uh, you, you were able to gain a lot of knowledge and it, what seems like apply that to this new product replay and that is starting to make a lot of sense to me now yeah. just because going and doing that is super tough but when you have those skills it definitely makes things up a little bit easier for sure yeah and i, I think so. i'm i'm somebody that learns by doing um like yeah. I, I hate sitting and kind of theorizing about stuff for me it's like let's just go build something and see if it works and see what happens yeah. so man hold on rewind replay what he just said like seriously and and it's still funny because people people can think all day about an idea and think it's a great idea but go mm-hmm. do it right yeah. and i mean if there's one thing that anybody can get from even listening to this episode or anything just go freaking just start something right yeah yeah and and let's talk about that a little bit because um how it how did you start because what it sounds like is you you kind of started as something a little bit different i'm guessing there was probably no technology and it was more of like like you said this side hustle tell us a little bit about like the start and what yeah, you did you, to you were at domo right so you were at domo yeah. when this happened and you're just like cool i'm gonna start a side business did you just like start coding like what what happened <laughs> yeah well i so domo in american fork utah they feed you breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They did at the time. I don't know if they still do. Um, and so I put on like 15 pounds within three months of working there. Cause I was just pigging out, you know, and it was, it was good food too. Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, I remember like sitting in my desk one day and I looked down and I like noticed this muffin top and I had never, you know, that was, that was new to me. And I was like, man, I need to get into shape. So I was like, okay, well, I don't, I don't think I want to go get a gym membership. I really just want to go like shoot hoops with my buddies. Maybe I'll just build something that helps us do that. And so I, um, I got a, an engineering friend of mine that I had worked with at land desk to, I talked him into to building it for me and I did all of the initial design. Um, I'm not proud of, of those initial design <laughs> concepts or anything, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how we got started and we just worked on it on the side for a little while. And then, October of 2018 is when I jumped on full time to 
to to do to do free play. So let's let's talk about this friend. I mean, I mean, were you? Yeah, guys- that conversation. I'm super curious to see. Was it just like a here? Like I have this idea. Here's a piece of equity, or because I feel like those conversations now, especially, uh, especially now in 2020 and 2021, yeah. those conversations are a lot harder. So I think for our listeners, it'd be super interesting to hear about how that conversation went. Yeah. Well, the first thing is like you always those conversations always need to happen over food. Um, like if you want to get an engineer to listen to you, then say, Hey, I'll, let me buy you lunch. Right. And they'll, that's usually enough. So, um, I said, Hey, let me take you out to lunch. I have this, I, I have this idea. And I, this, this is me. Like I'm more of a nerd than I've ever been before because I just work with engineers all day. So, um, I'm not, I'm poking, poking some fun at them, but I'm one of them now. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I just took him out to lunch. I said, Hey, what are you doing in your free time? Because I have this really interesting idea. And he's like, well, nothing much. Tell me your idea. So I pitched it to him and he's like, cool, let's do it. And, <laughs> cool. um, like lunch is on you, right? Then let's yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, um, I was like, all right, well, let's, we'll figure out, you know, like the equity split and all that. And, uh, but that, that was all kind of secondary. Like for us, it's all about the work. It's all about the product and, and, and building, mm-hmm. And so um, I had come up with some concepts already and kind of put them in front of them and we just got to work. So honestly, it was a pretty easy conversation to have, but primarily mm. because I had a good, re- I had worked with him quite a bit before. Um, so we got had it. a good, good working relationship. And that's a super good point. Just be- And I really want to point this out because this is the difference between a product actually having success and a product not from what I've seen. So when yeah. you're going and initially finding an engineer and you're just paying them and they're not passionate about your project, there is very, very little chance of any success or really that project going anywhere. Yeah. When you're bringing on your initial developer, like it's a big deal. Like technical debt is a real thing for a lot of people. And if they're not passionate about it, you, you should be bringing them on. And I think that's one big reason, even at Strides, like we have the process the way it is. Like it's super important for us and our entire team to be pro- bought into your project and know and know that it's going to go somewhere and the person leading it is able to drive it. So when you're when you're going and finding that first developer, make sure that they are passionate about what you're doing and, and are really bought in on it because that yeah. that makes things just a hundred miles easier, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think the other thing is like if if you haven't had an opportunity to work with that person before, then be very meticulous about, you know, who you get into business with because this is something that I have learned the hard way with free play is like if you aren't really careful about who you bring on to the to, as early employees, it can really backfire on you. Even if you get along, but if like the paths are different. Like, you know, they want like a good lifestyle that is nine to five. And, um, you want, like, you're trying to like scrap your way to, you know, product market fit. You have to like get to a good level of relationship with that person before you, um, really start to get into business with them. So that, that designer, that developer that you brought on, I mean, how long was he building it for? Yeah, so he is built he still, it. Is he in the other room right now, still developing for you? No, no. I I love the guy. Um, one of my favorite people. He's actually like the same age as my dad. What happened is we got to a point where it was it was a side hustle for like I mentioned about two years, and then um, well, no, sorry, it was about a year and some change, 
And then it got to a point where it was like, okay, we got to, this is working. Like we're getting customers, people are signing up. Um, we've got to move full time on it. And he was at a point in his life where he's like looking more towards retirement and needed a steady job and stuff. And so I had a hard conversation with him and we just decided it was best to part ways with, uh, you know, what we had, what he had built so far. And then we went and found, um, another developer to help us out. Were you, I mean, was he being compensated? Were either of you guys being compensated at this point? I mean, still a side no, hustle. Just a side hustle. Yeah. So it was all uh, sweat equity. I actually still don't take a paycheck. I, um, I have a little bit of consulting work that I do that pays my bills, but, uh, but yeah, so he, he, uh, he ended up never taking a pay, a paycheck from us. Mm. And that's a, that's a super good point. I think just in general, like as you're going in and starting a business, like, I think a lot of people just try and jump all the way in without any thought of uh, like how they're going to take care of themselves or yep. it, it's just like, Hey, I've got this lump of money. Like I want to go build this. But like, again, you spent two years on this, working on this product before like really diving all the way in on it. And, and even now you still aren't taking a paycheck. And so yep. like I, create like a side hustle is a side hustle and it does take time before you can jump all the way in it and start actually making money. Versus like, it's never as easy as just building something and getting it done. And I want to kind of jump into that validation piece that you guys had. So there's like going, there's this timeline between, you know, you jumping all the way in, like at what point did you guys actually start seeing revenue and what did you build? How minimal was your product at the time? Oh, it was minimal. Um, (laughs) Like barely worked kind of minimal, (laughs) but um, this is actually, this is advice I would give to anyone who's starting their own app is we are way past the point in time where you can just like launch a new product and then people adopt it. And that's kind of what, like when I first launched free play, I was like, Oh sweet. We got the product. I'm just going to post to Facebook and then everyone's going to download it and we'll be millionaires, you know, but, um, just as important, if not more important, I, I might actually say this, this is more important is, you have your product, but then figuring out your distribution is in my, I think in my opinion is more important than, than your product. And so you have to put thought into like, what is my go-to-market strategy? What's my strategy to get traction on this new product? And what channels am I going to leverage to bring people to my platform? Because when you're starting out, like you're, you have, you have no audience at all, right? You have just your own personal audience. And so building an audience takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of energy and a lot of effort. And um, a lot of times has to be kind of thought through as you're developing your product, because it changes the way that you price your product. It changes the way that you think about like how you monetize it, right? If, if you are going to do a freemium product or going to do a free trial, or if it's just going to be paid forever, all of that has mm-hmm. to be considered before you, uh, before you really have a business. So val- validation overall, right? You have to validate kind of who the market is, how to get to them, what to reach them. A lot of that's incredibly important. Yeah, I, I think so. And it's hard to validate when you don't have a product yet. But I think just like having, at least having distribution channels in mind and um, having relationships built in those distribution channels, I think is is really valuable. Yeah. And especially because like right now we talk to a lot of people are like, Hey, what I want to do is invest, you know, 20 or $50,000 into this like MVP. And it's like, 
it, it's super cool that you want to do that. But what are your plans for marketing? It's like you should be spending like double on figuring out who you're targeting, what your brand is before even going into development. What are your email lists? What is your market go to market strategy? And everybody tries to, well, I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people try and wait till the very end before actually yeah. thinking about those things. And so that's, that's super interesting. This happens to me all the time because I get people that, that, that pitch me their product or like show me their product all the time. And a lot of times what I see is I'll, I'll see founders that like have invested enormous amounts of money into an app. We're talking like their life savings, you know, like 50, mm -hmm. 100,000, sometimes more than that into building and developing this app. And they don't have any customers Right. And, they, and they're, and they're showing me the app and it's like, it does all of this stuff, but behind it, I'm like, who's using this? There's nobody using it. So your product doesn't have any value. Like literally there's no value to your, to your software product until you have users. And then those people, a lot of times are still talking about the product, right? It's like, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to be the next Uber. We're going to be the next Airbnb. No, you're not because you don't understand that those founders, like, you know, Travis and uh, Chesky, like when they were early on in their businesses, they were not thinking about the product. They were thinking about like, how do I go get my next customer? How do I go get my next driver or my next host on Airbnb? Right. Mm -hmm. So those have to be the things that are top of mind for an early entrepreneur who's, who's just dipping their toe in this water. That's such good advice. Such good advice. If you want to find out more about Freeplay, you can visit their website at freeplayapp.com or just download the app. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you found it useful, it would really help us if you shared it with a friend. Just take a quick second to text it or to DM it to someone who would also love this. It would seriously make our entire day. Also, if you want to go deeper, we have full-length videos of all of our episodes, show notes, and a lot more at strides.dev. There's no.com at the end of that. You literally just type strides.dev in your browser. What else? Well, if you're looking to build an app, we want to talk to you. You can book your free strategy call and talk about your app with a pro at strides.dev. You can also sign up for our newsletters that gives you the ins and outs of what's going on. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.